Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. We have a very special episode for you today, guys. We are going to do a little interview with composer Alex Summers. Um, his work can be found most recently in Miss Amer Americana, the Netflix uh, documentary about Taylor Swift, and then of course the smash hit from last year, Honey Boy. Um, Jacob and I are very, very excited to do this interview with him. Um, we hope that you enjoy it, and uh, here we go. We'd like to welcome special guest, um, composer Alex Summers, to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you today, sir? Um, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I'm great. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. It's nice. It's cozy. I have all the doors and windows open. It's nice. I'm a little envious of that. It's about 20 degrees here in Nashville right now, so... Oh, gosh. So, I guess the big question, the first one right off the back is, what got you into music uh, to begin with? Um, well, if you go back far enough, I guess it was like grunge. <laughs> um, <laughs> just making noise, learning to play the guitar, starting a band with my friends, getting a Tascam 4 track and realizing you could reverse tape and do things called overdubs. Um, going to music school, studying composition and music therapy and just collaborating and maybe also discovering ambient music was a big big deal for me when I got like when I was introduced to Aphex Twin when I was like 16 and realized you can make music that didn't have a beat or lead vocal things like this kind of encouraged me to keep going and find my own voice and um, because nothing I've really done is like super commercial so it's like sometimes you think there's no place for what you're doing but I think yeah all, all these stepping stones along the way have been very encouraging to keep going with what I do. Yeah, and you uh, you said a lot of the stuff you do isn't very commercial. Well, you know, you did a big commercial project last year with um, Honey Boy. How were you uh, approached for the project? Was it the director approaching you, or um, kind of how was that process getting onto that film? Yeah, um, yeah, I got in touch with Alma, the director, or rather, she got in touch with me. Um, because she was apparently looking for a composer for quite some time for Honey Boy. And I sent her like a batch of music. She asked me to send her some stuff and, and she just really resonated with it and thought I might, might be a good fit. So then we met up in person and just, I just started immediately. So I kind of got brought in late because she was hunting for the right person. And, um, so yeah, so it was really fun and she's amazing. And we had actually met, we have like similar in similar friend circles here in LA. So we had met, but when she heard my stuff, she didn't realize that it was the same Alex. So then <laughs> when we got on the phone and we were like, whoa, what? This is so cool. That was kind of a nice, nice feeling. Yeah. Um, and I guess my next question is, you know, I mean, Shia LaBeouf, he's had a very kind of rough past 10 years. Um, was that something that attracted you to the film or was it just Alma uh, and knowing her and being, you know, acquainted with her? Is that kind of what attracted you to the film and to wanting to do this uh, score for this movie? Um, well, first and foremost, it was just Alma. Because I know very little about um, Shia and his backstory. I do, I do now, but I didn't at the time. And like... I just really believed in her. I kind of want to work with filmmakers who are a little more like rebellious and independent and and kind of like a little bit punky. And I feel like she embodied a lot of the spirit that was a, an exciting collaboration for me. So I just like kind of believed in her that she'd make a good film. And um, I also, she, they sent me the script when we first chatted on the phone and I read it and thought it was cool. So um, 
yeah but it was really just like a collaboration a director that you believe in that you can like follow and um so uh, how hands-on were Shia and Alma in the project and in the process of making um, the score for the film? Um, Alma became really hands-on in the second half. The first half, I was just kind of writing and recording in my studio all the time, collaborating with a few friends, musician friends, and trying stuff out. And then because I was hired fairly late in the process, like eventually... She was just like, wait, this is silly that you spend like three days and then I write you like a page of notes and then you spend three days. She's like, can I just come over? So then she started coming by my studio like every other day for like the last two or three weeks of the film, which was like so fun because we just basically became really good friends because you're like working together all day, all night, having like weird snacks. She'd like fall asleep on the sofa in the studio and I'd wake her up and be like, hey, what about this? You know, kind of this this kind of vibe was going and um yeah, and she, and she also brought in her friend, Zach Shields, who really helped a lot with music and sound design, and he was amazing. So, yeah, the three of us were really experimenting together a lot, and she, she ended up being very hands-on. So what did you think What did you think of the – obviously, I'm sure you've seen the movie. So what did you think how the final project intertwined? And kind of, for me, it was very majestic how the score kind of fit the movie so perfectly with the color palette, with the acting, with the story – how did you feel whenever the complete thing came together? Yeah, I agree. I, I felt good about it. It was fun to see all that come to, come into into focus and take take shape. Um, yeah, Alma, her references were really cool. She talked about Pinocchio, like a boy on a string who wanted to be a real boy but couldn't quite reach it or something. And um, also talked about like carnival circus stuff, but never like too too ridiculous. But like having that in my mind. So it used like harmonium a lot, which is like gives you that breathy, woody um, kind of like traveling circus vibe, but without being like ridiculous actual circus music. Um, used like dulcitone and bells a bit to catch that kind of like youthful, playful thing. And um, yeah, I think her instruction at the top about the mood and the palette and then us refining that together. And um, it just, yeah, it was like a unified aesthetic that was pretty satisfying. Um, so, you know, I, I went to your website and I watched the video and I saw that you did use the harmonium and a lot of, you know, toys. Is that something you had always used or is that something that kind of came together during the process of making the music for this film? No, I've been using like toys in my music for like more than 15 years. It's kind of my favorite <laughs> thing. Like, it's so fun to like go to flea markets and buy shitty beat up toys and sample them and like do weird things with them and drum on them or like wait till the batteries are dying and record them. And um, I love doing that stuff. It's just, you never get a chance to do it in film scoring because um, nobody wants it, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it so was I definitely, uh, sorry. I was just no, gonna say it was definitely, you know, unique and it really did bring, um, you know, something new to the score. And it really did bring something a lot more emotional to the score. And it was, you know, it like you said, you'd never hear it in film scores. And it was something new that I never heard. And I think that's what had me gravitate towards it so much. Um, you know, you said you got the script. Is that, you know, take me through the process of kind of making a film score. Um, do you just read through the script? and go through, you know, piece by piece and, you know, does something stick out to you and you say, you know, this is what I want to do with this and, you know, kind of take us through the process of what it actually is to make a, you know, score for a film. Um, 
Well, I'm sure that every composer has their own process. So this is just what I do. But I typically, yeah, get a script, um, try to meet up with the filmmakers and watch the film together and do what we call a spotting session, where you just watch the film all together and hit pause like a million times and write down thoughts and notes and ideas about where the music would come in and out, you know, each music cue um, to give it a little bit of shape to start. And then I go away and I usually ask for um, as much time as I think I need, which is usually like three to six weeks to score the entire film in like a first draft form. Um, And I ask for that because I don't really love when you start a project to do like one or two cues and send it and get feedback and do one or two. I kind of like to try to create a musical and sonic world over the entire film where cues could potentially like reference each other or you could like fall into repeating themes. So I do ask for that. And usually I'm lucky enough that usually I get that freedom to just do a first draft on my own. And then usually at that point, they have a lot of ideas, certain things working, certain things not working. And then it becomes like really collaborative and open and you're um, revising cues like constantly you're doing rewrites and, um, and around that time, I usually will do do um, additional like strings or choir or whatever kind of that kind of stuff. That's pretty awesome. So obviously, last year, you know, kind of ended with a bang with Honey Boy, and then this year you just come out the gate with a massive project, um, doing this the uh, some composer work for Miss Americana. How did that work out? Um, for me, when I watched this, I was blown away. Just because obviously you have a musician there in Taylor Swift, a, a big musician, and then you have you, the composer, bringing it to the table. How did that kind of work itself out? And and what was kind of the hands-on process with that? Um, yeah, it was a really fun project. And like, it seemed so random when I got the first phone call. I was like, <laughs> are you sure you want to hire me to do this? Um, but yeah, it was super cool. The, the filmmakers are amazing, Lana Wilson and Morgan Neville, the main producer. and. Everyone I worked with was so cool. And they, the whole thing they wanted me to lean, in, lean into is that my music was kind of the opposite of Taylor Swift's music. So there was no, you know, I was never asked to do anything that would resemble that. And most of the film is her music and her songs and has so much pace and momentum and melodic hooks and stuff. So the score work was more like her inner turmoil and like the documentary goes into like her struggles in the last yep. like three or four years of her life. and. Um, so in that regard, it was it was cool because this kind of more moody, ambient stuff was pressed up against the more uh, poppy stuff of her music. And um, yeah, they're kind of opposites in a way, but um, it was kind of a neat challenge to try to make that work and have it feel true to what she's going through and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know Ricky and I, we both watched it. We both loved it um, just as a documentary, but as a film as in itself, I mean, it was so open and honest. Um, you know, during the process, you said with Honey Boy, you got to meet Alma and she was involved in the process. Did you ever get to meet Taylor and how like how involved was she in the process of making the score for this film? Um, I only met Taylor Swift at Sundance when we premiered our film like a month ago. And of course, that was super fun and she was very sweet and that was great. But um, outside of that, we didn't meet during the making of... But um, I think she was like super involved and super hands-on. Like you see a few scenes in the documentary where she's sitting at like a long table with her family and her management and stuff. And um, she kind of runs her world. Like I think in every aspect and um, we were getting notes all the time, you know, we we're as we we're working. And I think a lot of them come directly from her. And yeah, she's really switched on to what she's doing, you know? So 
um, that was cool. Yeah, it was impressive. So uh, obviously with your track record already, for me, uh, Captain Fantastic is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I love that film. And, and I know this kind of puts you in a box, and I'm sure. But do you have a favorite score you've done so far on, on, on whether it was – um, on Black Mirror, what it was, Captain Fantastic, Aloha, Honey Boy. Is there one that you kind of were like, this was awesome, this project was awesome, or anything like that? I know they all are, but I want to put you on the spot. Um, I probably haven't made my best score yet, to be honest. Um, I feel like each one is, I'm like trying and learning a lot along the way. Um, maybe the most one that's like music, music, is a, a film I scored called Dawson City Frozen Time. Because it's actually a silent film, so it's just music and sound design the whole way through. So I don't know if if I would say it's like um, I'm most proud of it, but it's like it was such a crazy challenge because it's a two-hour movie. So it's, I just it's just two hours of music. So that was like insane to like dig deep and write and record so much music and try to like collage it and arrange it to make sense over a two-hour period of um, the film. Just has text narration, but otherwise it's a silent film. So I'm. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm proud of that accomplishment that I actually somehow was able to do that. For sure. Uh, do you have any upcoming projects that you have in the works that you could talk about? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm, uh, I just finished my first ever animated film. Oh. And wow. it's, it's already been announced. It's coming out soon. It's out in April. And it's called Here We Are. And it's based on a children's book by a guy named Oliver Jeffers. It makes like really dreamy, cute kids books. Um, so yeah, so that's cool. Um, that was fun, different. And the other thing I'm working on, which is a lot further away, is the documentary of Audrey Hepburn. Oh, wow. But I don't imagine that'll be out this year. It's early days, but it's um, it's really fun and inspiring. And um, Helena, the director of that project, is amazing and really cool. And she's, she's brilliant. Um, so those are the two that are that are happening right now where can people find you at on twitter um i don't know i've actually never made a tweet oh. <laughs> on social yeah. media i guess on on no. instagram you're at alex summers music right yeah i'm getting better all the time with trying to use this because i think social media is amazing but um i'm just like a little bit grandma and don't do it a ton but um i think my manager has it set up so if i do anything on instagram they put it on facebook and twitter as well so it's all pretty much one thing but um, I'm definitely running my own Instagram now because um, it's really fun. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much, Alex, for your time. We really appreciate it. We look forward to hearing more from you in the near future, and we will talk to you soon, sir. Thanks so much for having me. It was really nice. See ya. All right, folks, that was our interview with Alex. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if all if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. Alex Summers, um, please do us a favor and give him a follow on Instagram at uh, Alex Summers Music. 
head on over to alexsummers.com. Do us a favor and watch the backlog of this man's movies of what he of which he composed for um, anywhere from Captain Fantastic to Honey Boy to Miss Americana, which is on Netflix right now. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm just super excited. That was that was so much fun. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. And drive safe. <laughs>